Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Wizards and a Mic, where a couple of really old dudes talk about D&D, and that, that, that's kind of it. We, that's all we do. It's pretty simple, straightforward. We cut to the bone of how the game is awesome and how it could be better and how you could also have better games in your basement, I guess. <laughs> Apparently, I'm going after the basement people today. Yes! Uh, I wish I had a basement, come to think of it. But um, today we're going to be talking about... Uh, actually, first of all, wait a second. got to back up. Any Kickstarter updates? Uh, yes, there is. Um, the manuscript's all done. <clears throat> I just actually had one little tiny thing to do because there were some changes when I made the... Um, when I made the sample booklet of the Arcane Dungeons chapter, there's a few tiny changes from from that to go to the to the final manuscript. So I'll probably check over that just tomorrow. But it's already with layout, and the layout master Gordon McAlpin is a genius. So it won't be too long until we'll have the art list sent over to Travis. And um, yeah, it's really moving along i'm working on the backer kit i hope to have that out hopefully by the end of the week and uh, that will have it'll be an online store where people can add other items and the people who missed the kickstarter can come in and try to um, add some more rewards including all of the monster series books so yeah very it's cool moving along that is kind of awesome uh because uh i'm excited by it i actually just uh, picked up my phalan 2 book uh just on the weekend because we played in person or at least a couple of us did uh which was just cool like yeah. i it, it's like you almost forget like i went to go get ready i went to to like you know grab all my stuff and then i realized i have not actually had a physical sheet for so long and then i went oh i'll just print it off and and then i realized i have no paper i haven't needed paper for like three years i need to go get paper so yeah so it all fell apart but hey i got there late but i did bring snacks and uh and that was okay so uh but it was a blast i had a, I had a fun time and i certainly hope that our next session uh everyone can be there at the same time on your back patio ice water drinks that kind of thing and yes. uh, it'll be a blast yeah, they hate I, that hit, that's hit Vancouver has a good chance to be here in July when we meet up again. Yeah. Yeah, I am enjoying the warmth, but it's like it was a, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, like last month anyway, that we had the unseasonably really hot weather for about four days straight. Mm -hmm. uh, that was that was a just a taste of what we're about to experience. Yeah. So, um, Let's get into today's topic. Today's topic is alignment matters. It really, really matters. Yes. It's it's an important topic. And I think it's actually kind of misunderstood a lot of the time because there are, I think, uh, I, I, know I always pick on lazy players sometimes, but I, and I'm guilty of this as well, where you fall into your own patterns of what you think uh, alignment is. And I have to admit, every so often when I'm creating a character, I will actually go out online and I'll look for those grids, the nine grids of different characters from different uh, sort of fantasy, science fiction. You know, they're, they're, those are kind of popular. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get to see sort of 
how people are categorizing different characters that you're familiar with. And I think that kind of gets you going. Uh, it does for me where I can look at a character like, oh, Han Solo, of course, or Luke Skywalker, of course. You know, you know how and you kind of get an idea of if that's an interpretation of what the alignment means in those particular universes that you can bring that into your character. And uh, because I think we just kind of we think of one way a character could be played or a type of character could be played. And I think a lot of times it's just easier to to do that rather than um, using the alignment and then connecting the alignment to backstory connecting the alignment to their experiences in that particular adventure, stuff like that, uh, where that can really flesh out what you, you know, how you react or your character reacts to what's going on. But let's talk about the basics of alignment. Sure. So basically, alignment is the morality of the PCs, all the monsters, all the NPCs, and the whole multiverse. Um, it's the essence of these creatures, which determines really what actions they usually take it doesn't include creatures that lack rational thought like beasts most beasts don't have alignment and um certain creatures the game i think is much better with it i think it's totally misunderstood these days by thinking that it's something that's imposed on the game which isn't true at all that's not what alignment is alignment in my opinion is actually defining what is already there so it's just it's just a, it's words describing what is actually already there and it's about archetypes which i've mentioned many times on this podcast yeah. and a lot of people don't understand um that they they are these indestructible universal elements that potentially not only have to do with our world and every culture maybe even other places other than earth as we hear about all these flying spheres around the planet right <laughs> um, but archetypes are indestructible and universal so in other words the archetype of mother doesn't matter what culture you're from doesn't matter where you are in the world there's an understanding innately deeply about what mother is and what it means the same with father and moon and child and um dragon and dungeon there, there's these like indestructible archetypes and that's what alignment is talking about and, and it's not imposing anything on the game or on a story it's actually explaining what's there it's just a way of explaining what's already there you're not adding I, anything yeah well i i actually have a, a story for, for this because uh back in uh, i think it was grade 10 uh, I had this English teacher who was kind of, he thought outside the box for how, how to teach, uh, you know, literature and, and whatnot. And one of the things he had us do is that we, he took, uh, the, uh, Salinger book, uh, Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye. Thank you. Um, and there's a moment in the book where the, the character does a particular thing and leaps off of a moving object, which I won't spoil it. You should read it. It's a good book. And, uh, but anyway, so he said, okay, well, we know what he does when you read the, we've read the book, we know what happens, but what, if you were to change the story, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating because it was years later that I, because uh, we, we read them to the class and we, we went over them and the fascinating thing 
that I talked with him like years later. I saw him on the street one day in a motorcycle jacket as Harley. And I thought, hey, uh, how's it going? He's like, oh, yeah, Shane, I remember you, blah, blah, blah. I said, let's go for coffee. So we did. And uh, we talked about that. And he said it was always fascinating that every time he did that with classes in over 20 odd years, mm-hmm. that every single thing that every student wrote was based in some archetype. And, you know, you're, uh, well, grade 10, you're what, 14, 16, no, somewhere in that age group, uh, age area. And you innately, just having watched and read books, watched movies, you have this already built-in idea of what an archetype is, even though if you can't express it. But like the story I had, the character left off and he ran into uh, the old man, you know, that kind of character who gave him some sort of wisdom to continue Mm -hmm. on the journey. And uh, that always stuck with me because when I hear like what, like the articles you've sent me about how alignment is, is this idea that people think is, is some sort of puppetry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it, I agree. It's so not. And it, it, the, if you even read, if you read anything, you'll be able to pick up on these elements. Uh, if you are thinking critically about the, the stuff you're reading and it's everywhere and we can't escape it because there's, that's just how the universe is in a lot of ways. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I, fully, it's, it's, I just don't get it as well. The whole idea that it's imposed. Well, it's the building blocks. Like if you look at how star Wars cr- was created, so there's yeah. a, a writer named a teacher named Joseph Campbell and his like kind of understudy, uh, that was George Lucas. And George Lucas, well, for, first, Joseph Campbell studied all these mythologies and all these archetypes all around the world. And he realized that these same stories with these same archetypes are totally different, totally different cultures. You can be in the jungles of the Pacific Islands. Uh, you can be at the, on a street in New York City. You can be like with reindeer and, you know, northern Finland these same stories are there. So what he did, George Lucas did was he decided he wanted to make a myth that could connect to people in our time. So he created Star Wars, but it comes from the journey of the hero, which is the same journey that's, you know, the hero is the samurai warrior in Japan, or the hero is uh, the Lone Ranger in, you know, Western United States and Westerns, uh, you know, the the Arthurian knight in, in Europe, all these stories have the same building blocks. They just look different, but inside and underneath, it's all the same archetypes are being played out. So it's interesting to look at the fifth edition D&D handbook, or sorry, the first edition one, the original one, and then the new one. The old one, alignment comes up on page 33, and it's clearly explained and it's considered to be important page 33 in the new book page 122 <laughs> and it's basically like yeah you can take it or leave it it's uh yeah you know you can do it if you want but um if you don't have it there's other ways of describing archetypes but really what you're going to be doing is describing alignment anyway if you don't use those words yeah. and if you think that your character has no morality and no definition to that character it's either not very interesting or that's just not true 
I, I challenge anyone to pretend to live a life where they have no morality, that they're amoral, they are just running around, uh, you know, doing uh, neutral things all the time. Uh, well, even neutrality. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it simply is how the universe works. It's how people work. It's how we worked since the beginning. And uh, I, I, what do you think the problem is with alignment? Are they afraid that it is somehow dictating their play style? Or is it more of a uh, an issue around... Uh, they think it's bad for some reason. I think I think there are a lot of people who still use alignment, and there's a lot of people who just innately understand it makes sense and it's simple and clear. But then I think some people think that it's being imposed on them and their players being told, you have to play this way. Um, that's not what it is. Although, if you don't follow who your character is in the story, there's going to be consequences. That's just... Mm -hmm. That's, an, that's how a, story, a good story should be written. Um, I think the other thing, too, is there's this modern idea of relativism where everything is relative and there, there's, no, there's, no really, there's not really evil and good. It's just it depends on your perspective. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> I heard yeah. one of the people at Wizards who doesn't work there anymore, early on he said that in an interview, you know, evil is relative. Well, no, it's not. It's not. Archetypes are not. It doesn't work like that. Um, of course, there's grays in the world, but there's very clearly evil things and there's very clearly good things. Yeah. Just like it's very clear there's a difference between chaos and order, chaos and law, right? So it is really interesting to look at the two, uh, the beginnings of D&D &D and then now. So we'll start with lawful good. So the original player's handbook says um, you're strict in your prosecution of law and order, and you follow this to improve basically the common good. The new player's handbook says you're counted on to do the right thing as expected by society. So it's not as clear, I think, the, the new definition, um, but yeah. definitely lawful good would include paladins, a true paladin, most dwarves, gold dragons, possibly Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, although they move a bit to neutral good too, I think. Um, and then lawful good in comics, Captain America, uh, Superman, 100%. And then Robocop as well, definitely lawful good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Chaotic good. Um, view in the original handbook it says they view freedom and randomness of action as the ultimate truth they place value on life and welfare of each individual and the new handbook says uh, you act as your conscience directs you with little regard for what others expect so it's i don't agree 100 with the fifth edition definition it's a bit too much like chaotic neutral really true chaotic good you still care about the greater good. You just, you're more focused on individual freedom, but it's like Han Solo, right? He wasn't sure he wanted to get involved, but when push comes to shove, he did. And he was like all in, right? Yeah. So chaotic good are most elves. Um, 
obviously Han Solo, Indiana Jones, uh, unicorns, a lot of fake creatures of the good fake creatures. Um, Aragorn, Robin Hood, Princess Leia, uh, Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter. And I would say Malcolm Reynolds, although some people argue he's neutral, but I would say he's chaotic good. I'd say he's quite similar to Han Solo. I uh, I just found something for you, and I want to show this to you to see if you sure. agree with it, because you are a pro in this realm. And uh, here we go. So here are the definitions of the D&D oh, yeah, yeah. characters, uh, or sorry, D&D alignments uh, as characters from Harry Potter. So would you agree with these? Yeah, let me see. Chaotic. Oh, I wouldn't say Gilderoy, chaotic neutral. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I would agree with those. Be yeah, I would agree with those for sure. If you look at the ones we just did, lawful good, usually Hermione for the most part is lawful good. And Harry, uh, we haven't got to neutral good yet, but chaotic good. Yeah, chaotic good. I, I think Sirius is a good example, Sirius Black. Um, neutral good. So neutral good believe there must be some regulation in combination with freedom if the best is to be brought to the world. Fifth edition says these folk do the best they can to help others according to their needs. So again, I agree more with the original definition. But they both want to do best for the world, and they kind of choose from lawful and law and chaos when they need to. So I think Harry right. Potter is a really good example of neutral good. Um, angels are neutral good. Uh, Gandalf, most gnomes. Um, Shepard and Kaylee from um, Firefly, I think. And Spider-Man from the comics. So I would agree with that. Yeah, they're not like, well, you can see in the Harry Potter one here, they're not like totally like Hermione and so law focused. And they're not as chaotic as and free as Sirius, right? On his own. Right. So, yeah, some people think neutral good is kind of the best because lawful good can be too, can be almost too restrictive and chaotic good can be a little bit reckless. So yeah, here's an, I would say again, there's some debate about Luke Skywalker. Some people say neutral good. I would say he's more towards lawful good, although it's debatable. Um, who do they have as chaotic good? Is that R2-D2? R2-D2. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> which, which I have to somewhat agree with because Ooh, yeah, I guess. He, he is played as, <laughs> as a character who does things for the betterment of things, but sometimes just messes it up because right. he's a droid. So, I mean, I'm not 100% behind it, but I think I can understand why this particular one is, is using it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess CPO is cut. Well, we haven't got there yet. Okay, so that's, I would say, neutral good. Neutral in the center. So everything in balance in the original D&D, nature will prevail. Now, the new version says those who prefer to steer clear of moral questions and don't take sides. So the new, this is interesting because fifth edition misses something again. They miss that neutral doesn't 
does it is not detached from all the other alignments. They want all right. the other alignments balanced, right? They don't ignore the other aisle. They don't ignore them. They want to make sure it's balanced. So neutral right. would be, they say most humans, this is sort of a Tolkien version of the human race. I was just going to uh, bring this up for you. <laughs> yeah. So druids, like the original druid, a true druid would be neutral. Um, lizard folk, lizard men, and tree beard. Do they have tree beard as true neutral? Yeah, there you go. And Aragorn, Aragorn, I would say, I, yeah, I would put him in chaotic good. And yeah, he he and Frodo, I think I would flip. Gollum, I definitely would say is neutral evil. I don't think he is because he would do he would do whatever he could get away with. So he is evil. Yeah. I don't think he's. I don't. I would not say he's chaotic neutral. Um, yeah, most of the other ones I think are are pretty pretty accurate. Um, lawful neutral. So who do they have as lawful neutral? The elf king. Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Elves really don't. Elves really stay away from lawful. I wouldn't agree with that. I would say he is probably more chaotic neutral than Gollum. Um, so lawful neutral, the original Dungeons and Dragons says regulation is all important. And now in fifth edition, they say individuals act in accordance with law, tradition, or personal codes. So these two are closer. These two, I think, are totally right on. So lawful neutral, all they care about is the law, the structure, the hierarchy. They are um, monks, uh, most guards, um, Judge Dredd from comics, Batman. Um, Batman, is Batman really totally lawful neutral though? James Bond? No, I would disagree. I think Batman, some people say Batman and James Bond. Ultimately, they're trying to do good. Yeah, I think that one is the kind of more harder one to define. Um, because I think the city guards sort of doing their job and following the law are the best example of that, who maybe aren't doing good all the time. Who do they say is lawful neutral and firefly? Uh, the, uh, the agent uh, from oh. the film. Yeah. Uh, or I is, think that, or is that Jubal early? Sorry. Hang on. Let me, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the, yeah. uh, I call him an agent. What the heck is he actually called? In the film? Isn't he working for the government? Yeah. He's basically yeah. there to hold up the law. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good example or, um, a sheriff maybe who's not, you know, maybe the best judge of character, but he's at least keeping things out of control. Um, lawful neutral is the one that's, I think, hardest to kind of get a good feel for. So chaotic yeah. neutral. Yeah, Jane's a good example in Firefly. Um, chaotic neutral, original D&D says randomness and disorder above all. And fifth edition <laughs> is right along with that. They say you follow your own whim, holding your personal freedom above everything else. So here again, the additions align. 
And we're talking barbarians, rogues, bards, Slatty, um, Jack Sparrow from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Catwoman, uh, Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and Jane. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't say that Gollum is chaotic neutral. I would say he's neutral evil. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would agree. I would agree because I don't. Neutral, you do your own thing, but you're not evil. Yeah. So that's a, a big difference. Okay, lawful evil. In some ways, this is the most dangerous evil because they're so organized. Yeah. They're basically the Nazis. So original D&D says you respect strict law and order and life, beauty, truth, freedom are all valueless. So lawful evil are devils, vampires, most slavers, rakshasa, mind flayers, Voldemort, hobgoblins, uh, Darth Vader, Umbridge and Harry Potter, um, Lex Luthor. So a real nasty group you have there. So they are an organized hierarchy. They have a code. This would include the Thieves Guild. And they are, like I said, they're they're probably the most, they could be the most dangerous of the evil groups because they're organized. Yeah. Uh, neutral evil, which is what I think Gollum is. This is probably the purest evil because neutral evil will choose from law and chaos for whatever they want, whenever they want. And they'll do absolutely anything they can get away with. And oh, they'll yeah. pretend, they'll pretend to be fine. They'll pretend to like, you know, treat you well and play the part. Um, original D&D says um, they view law and chaos as unnecessary. They're pure, pure evil. New D&D new &D says they'll do whatever they can get away with. They're pure selfish, pure evil. So this is quite a few rogues, uh, many undead, um, thugs and that sort of character like in settlements, charlatans, con men, um, Sauron, I think, probably he's either neutral evil or chaotic evil. Uh, Gollum, for sure, I think is neutral evil. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I think a lot of gangsters are neutral evil, including Jabba, because they'll do whatever they can get away with, right? Yeah. Um, totally, totally. <laughs> the most off the board of all the alignments is chaotic evil. Um, original D&D says freedom, randomness, and woe. Um, new, the fifth edition says that chaotic evil is acting with arbitrary violence spurred by greed, hatred, or bloodlust. And they're so random and dangerous and wild that usually chaotic evil in many places, in many ways, it's they're loners. They're working by themselves because no one's going to work with them. Yeah. Um, so orcs, um, demons, drow, I think, true drow, they've changed drow to neutral evil, but I think they're better determined as, they're better defined as chaotic evil because drow won't sneak around that much. They're very boldly who they are. So I think they're much more chaotic evil than they are neutral evil. Um, 
Tiamat is chaotic evil, red dragons, smog the dragon from the Hobbit, the emperor in Star Wars, both Demogorgons, the real Demogorgon, the, the demon from D&D, &D, and the yeah. Demogorgon they have in, the stra in Stranger Things, both of those are chaotic evil, and Bellatrix from Harry Potter. Yeah, Bellatrix is definitely, I think she is the easiest to identify in a lot of characters in that particular alignment because, um, yeah, she just, she's so far gone. She just doesn't care about anything. And if she can do, uh, if, she, if she wants something, she doesn't ask, she doesn't question, she doesn't wonder, she'll just do it. And if she right, wants to right. say, I don't know, hang out at your D and D campaign, uh, your house might end up burning down just yep. for her getting there. <laughs> like I arrived. Yeah. Oh, the house is on fire. Well, yeah. nah, it sucks to be you. All right. I'll go find someone else. Bye. Oh yeah. She is a piece of work. I think everybody <laughs> cheered when she was defeated. Um, do you want to bring up those graphs or those, uh, grids? And is there anything there with those for you that you would question looking at those? Well, let me grab, uh, the Star Wars one, because the Star Wars ones actually have found a couple different versions. Mm -hmm. um, let me find, here we go. So this one here, which is, that's what that button does. But uh, sorry, Whoa. boys and girls. Um, it's a one man yeah, show. It's a one man show entirely. So the, uh, the last Jedi uh, has a grid. Somebody created this one. Is that a movie? It's. It's. I think so. I've. I might. I Is heard there canon? were some other ones. I don't think it's canon. Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't know. But this one here, uh, which I thought was rather interesting, um, about how all of these characters. Now, take take a look at this for a second, and you will notice how. In all of these grids, uh, Luke has gone from uh, lawful to neutral good. And now in this one, he's lawful neutral. And this to me illustrates that people can uh, change throughout a campaign. That your character could start as one alignment and maybe they have a powerful experience in the, in the adventure that might change the way they think. Um, which I don't, you don't see very often. I uh, usually see it if, you know, the character is, is, um, uh, I don't know, has a spell on them or something and they might decide, right. okay, I'm going to start stabbing the party. Well, right. that's, that's an easy one, right? but true growth in a character, I think would be fascinating. So I yeah. didn't necessarily agree with him being like lawful good, uh, in one of those other grids. Um, I was a little more comfortable with him being neutral good because he was um because he, he didn't just pop out of the ground and decide to be a jedi he grew up on a desert planet he learned that he had a backstory that he didn't understand mm -hmm. and then you know went off to go and fight the good fight uh because you know that was very much what uh a lot of people did right you know jumping into a rebellion or into war or whatever yeah. you know back you know people signing up for the military or whatever in his case though he uh essentially went in uh thinking he was going to be fighting the good fight and then realized very quickly that 
uh oh wait a second you know my dad's kind of a jerk but you know I'm, we're not all we're not always on the right side and that becomes even more evident now i'm picking on one story thread from the right. other trilogy right. um where he goes off and he just decides you know what there's a lot there's the, the world is the universe is far more complex and uh i'm not exactly happy about that and uh everything that i you know that he learned as a, as a, as a character right right uh, made him change have you seen characters change alignment like it, even in subtle ways where maybe they they do something and it's like well i did that because it made sense so therefore my alignment might now be something else i think it is possible but i think if that's happening too much your story doesn't have enough definition and it's going to start falling apart because mm -hmm. then the characters have no center and the story loses its center. So I think it's possible here and there. You know, I went to uh, a reunion at this hotel I worked at a few years ago. And it was 30 years after we, so we were all around 20. And then we're meeting when we're all around 50. And the amazing thing is I'd say 98% of those people, or maybe 99, <laughs> were exactly <laughs> the same. The people yeah. who were obnoxious, people who thought highly, you know, very highly of themselves, the people who were quieter, the people who were really friendly and warm, it was almost exactly the same. So I think in real life and in really good stories that it doesn't happen too much. I think it's possible. Um, I actually don't know this new Star Wars. I would still say more that Luke is more law, the example for me of law, lawful good and hence solo chaotic good because Luke, even when he was a farmer on Tatooine, a moisture farmer, right? He, yeah, yeah, exactly. He was still like, you know, following the rules. When he became a Jedi, he was the one who was dedicated to the cause. You know, he didn't have a relationship. His relationship was being a Jedi. He's like a true monk, right? And I think like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Whereas I think Han Solo, you know, he's more, he's not following an order. He's doing his own thing. He, you know, but when push comes to shove, he's still good. He's not neutral or evil. He's definitely counted good. Have you, you've, you've seen Rogue One, I imagine. Yeah, I liked Rogue One. Rogue, I thought Rogue One was really good. So yeah. these characters here in this grid, this is from Rogue One. Right. Um, what do you think of their selections here so far? Now, they have an interesting lack of a chaotic evil character. Yeah. Uh, which to me is kind of weird because I think you do. Do we hear about it? I would put Tarkin in that. Well... Problem is he's not chaotic though. He's very yeah. calculated. But then I think there's the tendency too much to take characters who are clearly good and make them lawful neutral or chaotic neutral. I see that happen a lot. And right. I don't think that what's his name again? I'll I'll um the captain Andor. Andor yeah. is clearly chaotic good. He, he's good. Like, he, he's not neutral. He's clearly working for the rebels. Um, lawful neutral means that all he cares about are rules and order. That's not true. 
Um, and Forrest Whitaker's character, he was wasn't he good too, or was he kind of a gangster? Uh, no, he was a disillusioned um, war veteran where right. he had okay. been fighting so for so long. Told, that yeah. might fit. That might fit. Um, yeah, I don't remember his character that well. Um, I think when push comes to shove, though, he's fairly good. But chaotic neutral might be fairly accurate. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Trying to think if I could think of somebody who was chaotic evil in that movie. I'm having a hard time thinking because, because I, I, my instant is like Tarkin, but yeah, he's not. No, the Empire. Completely insane. The Empire is pretty much all lawful evil, and there's a few neutral evils thrown in there. But the Empire, I think, is based on the Nazis, in my opinion, and that is yeah. pure lawful evil. Don't you think it's based on the Nazis, like all of? Oh, their... it totally is. It totally yeah. is. So I think oh yeah, especially when you see them in the new trilogy, uh, when they're now the new order or no, yeah, the, the first order. Exactly. Um, yeah. There's actually a scene in that in that first film, the post uh, Jedi one, um, where the actor uh, Dama Dom Ahal Gleason, he's oh, yes. the guy yeah. that played Hux, yeah. Um, yeah. where he's talking to the troops, and the first time I saw that film, I watched it and thought, oh, yeah, it's impassioned. Yeah, whatever. Right. But then later on, when the context of kind of, okay, now I, I've seen the film, I, I'm getting over the nostalgia and the sort of fanboydom, and now I can actually see this film as a film by itself. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a Nazi rally. Like he's yeah, out there 100%. just telling the troops, we're, you know, we're the first order. And the, just the passion that that actor, you know, gave to that little, yeah. uh, that role. Um, was amazing and it kind of made me sad later on in that trilogy how he just sort of became the butt of jokes and i thought yeah yeah that no that's not that's that i i mean i know that the filmmakers admittedly they did admit later on they were a bit lost when making those films because they made the first one which was the love letter to episode four yeah you know yeah. people our age making a film and but can't quite get away from the you know the, yeah. the original star wars grip um, and they and they just lost out. They they had a great opportunity to go. Okay, we've done the fan film. Now let's let's do something interesting and and cool. They could have drawn on any. Oh yeah. You know of the of the greater universe that had been created, but uh, they chose not to. They chose to have an original story, uh, with a few little things thrown in. And uh, but yeah, they didn't quite know which where to go. They they didn't know what to focus on, and uh, and the uh, fa I think the fans rebelled. But but going back to to uh to rogue one yeah I don't, I don't think there's any chaotic evil in any of those films yeah there's, i can't think of, i can't think of a single one off the top of my head I, there's another classic scene too which shows the comparison the parallel between the nazis and the empire and that is when the clone army is revealed on um coruscant oh yeah it's exactly like a nazi rally and even when obi-wan kenobi sees the clones in the factory that um those i can't remember the name of those aliens but those aliens the cloners are building yeah um, the yeah, the, the camino the camino, the camino exactly yeah. yeah so i think that's you know that's star wars is a really good example of showing how clear these archetypes are um and i think ultimately i think the 
emperor is chaotic evil because he's just so off his rocker in the original trilogy um i mean he to, he's sort of lawful evil because he's the head of this structured hierarchy but really he would do anything like he would like he would kill vader yeah. he would he would destroy like his own ships and that's chaotic evil you know evil that would do i mean neutral evil to a certain degree would do that but chaotic evil even more just random right so i think he's a good well, example of that especially when you think of any alignment any character that has you know that, that when you're choosing the alignment um that's why i kind of was talking about backstory a little bit earlier about how uh you just need to identify what your character wants mm -hmm. and that is that will dictate pretty much anything else that you look at because uh you know the character it grew up in a certain way the character had certain experiences and the result of that is they're either searching for something they are uh wanting to identify uh, I don't know, a, a missing component of their past or something. Um, or they might be just looking for an adventure. And and I think that that being very specific about that informs the alignment that you're going to have. Because if you choose, uh, I don't know, like a character like uh, the uh, the giant, not the giant, the, um, oh my Lord. Uh, what was the, my dancer, my, my former stripper, uh, uh, oh my god! Oh, Othello, Othello, yes, yeah, and uh, like his character was, uh, he had just he'd been doing one thing his entire life, and then he decided, you know what, I've not seen the world, I better go and do that before I, you know, I can't, and uh, and that kind of informed, you know, him to be uh, lawful. I think he was lawful neutral. I think. I yeah, know, maybe that would make sense. Something. Yeah. And, you know, but he was just out for adventure. He was not necessarily looking for anything in particular. He was not, he didn't really, his, his goal was to learn about the world. And mm -hmm. I like that about that character that, um, he got married once, you know, he, he, you know, entertained people. He just, he went with the flow. He was very Zen about, you know, wandering around like, like Kane and Kung Fu, mm -hmm. um, wandering the world and getting in adventures. But yeah, I mean, but then there's other characters that I've played that are, have very specific goals. And um, like the, the character I'm playing right now, Warren, who is basically an arc, he's basically Indiana Jones and he's like two feet tall. But if I played him to the nth degree of, of what I think that character is about putting stuff in museums and collecting, he might fight with every party member. No, 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 that ring, that ring, that, that's from the, 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 the yeah. you know, society. And we should, and that to me would just get really old. But if I were to put that to film, that would actually make a very interesting, you know, yeah. loggerheads at times because, yeah. you know, then you have Indiana Jones going after that cross and, being tossed into the ocean at one point so you know. yeah yeah <laughs> but alignment yeah it's like it ties in with everything and i don't understand as you're saying it earlier earlier on that people think it's kind of what well, it's an antiquated feature of, of the game or something. yeah or it's something that's like oh the man has put me down and i i'm i'm pressured to play this way it's uh i don't think that's what it's like at all it's just describing what's already there it's really useful it's good to have characters that have definition and um, these are 
elements of stories and adventures that will never go away. And it's just describing that. And I think now we've solved the issue and there'll be no more debate. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> subscribe Tonight. to the channel, subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> How many times? Can you... <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that's, it's so true because there, it, it, sometimes you just want to play a character that does a certain thing. And sometimes you want to play a character that does a certain, does another thing or a different thing or makes different choices. But, if you know what the alignment is, then you're able to kind of play with it. And I just think that that's, it's a shame that, that there's a, you know, people not kind of agreeing with that. And I, I don't, I don't know. It's like they never read a book before. Yes. Well, <laughs> it, it reminds me a lot of actually a lot of modern TV and movies where they've, where they've just lost the track. Like, you know, the new Willow TV series, oh uh, ring, God. the rings of power. I think those are really good examples of where, you know, they've just, they don't understand archetype at all because you have Sauron trying, you know, they're trying to make Sauron look better because he had a hard life or, um, you know, it's just completely losing track of the story uh, and of the hero's journey. And uh, I think, yeah, I think there's a lack of, it's a lack of understanding. Um, I highly recommend that if anybody disagrees with us, um, <laughs> which I hope you do, uh, because debate is the best thing ever. But I encourage people to read something like Hero with a Thousand Faces, because that was my first introduction to Joseph Campbell. Mm -hmm. And it is the most accessible book that, that is out there. And it goes through so many things. Uh, uh, and I, I, I remember reading it, God, in the early 90s, the first time, mm -hmm. um, and it blowing my mind because I, I, had, I had all of these built-in assumptions about what the driving force behind a lot of heroes that we've read about, um, you know, why they are the way they are. And then you read this book and it's like, oh, right. Oh, okay. It's not always about... It's not always about Sauron having a really terrible childhood. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to like that that series so much, but I don't know. Man, that amount of money, they could have made a great show. That's for sure. I I, I liked a few things in it. I thought were kind of cool, but uh, yeah, in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, any any final words on uh, alignment or a, or the rings of power, whichever. <laughs> no no words can describe that TV show. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really useful. Obviously, people can add things. You know, we're talking about on this podcast things that you can add to your game if you wanted to make it more interesting. Um, and every table is different. I find it really useful. I find it. Um, as I said, describing something that's already there and it's a great way to talk about it and describe it. And, um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's a reason why these mythologies all over the world, no matter where you go, they're teaching and telling people the same stories. Um, yeah, I think it's fascinating. And, uh, I think it's a great part of original D and D it's part of how D and D was built. 
And yeah, I think it's a good part of the game. And it's not bad. And the man is not holding you down to play characters in a particular way. The characters act in a certain way. And that's where the alignment really comes from. So, uh, so next time we're going to be talking about, I believe, memorable locations in D&D, which I have so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a bunch in Dragonlance. Oh, the end of the last home. If I could build that, I would. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So don't forget, D&D is just a game. If you do not believe that, then you probably shouldn't be playing D&D at all. <laughs> ever um because that would just be weird uh but thank you all for listening thank you all for watching the show uh don't forget everything that is important will be down in the description down below on the youtube channel and uh other than that we'll see you next time when we talk about all kinds of cool stuff and uh and you'll learn all kinds of interesting nuggets of wisdom as we spit them out from our gold-plated molars i I totally lost the thread on that one in the... Bye, everybody!